This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. Welcome back for episode 15 of the Destination Debbie podcast. I'm your host, Ray Garvin. You know where to find me on Twitter at RayGQ. Make sure you follow on the show at Destination Debbie as well. And that was Herm Edwards, head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, during his time as the head coach of the New York Jets and the iconic you play to win the game. Quote, sound bite that he had. And that is exactly what Coach Herm Edwards is doing in Tempe, Arizona this fall as he's named true freshman quarterback Jaden Daniels the starter for this upcoming season and it goes against the grain of what Herm Edwards has been about his entire career which is giving veterans the nod and going with the experience he is really you know I'm really excited about this move naming this quarterback the starter and this is good news for Eno Benjamin you know Arizona State wants to run him 500 times this season and having the number two dual threat quarterback in the 2019 class Number 35 overall ranked prospect according to 24-7 Sports in the backfield with Eno this fall is good for him. It will allow defenses not to you know, be able to key on Eno Benjamin 24-7 while he's on the field. You've got a dynamic runner in Daniels who can also throw the ball. So really excited about this move for the Sun Devils, for Jaden Daniels, as well as Eno Benjamin. Now, in some not exciting news... Manny Diaz has announced that redshirt freshman Jaron Williams will be the Miami Hurricanes starting quarterback when they take on the Florida Gators here in the next couple of weeks. Not the entitled uh, quarterback Tate Martell, the transfer from Ohio State, who it seemed he would be the starter going into the season once he was approved and granted that eligibility. But I mean, this, this kid Williams has beat out Nikosi Perry as well as Tate Martell, and Tate Martell did not, apparently didn't take too well to that as he missed practice on Monday. They said he showed back up on Tuesday. Not really surprised by this, and I would not be surprised given Martell's track record if he were to transfer again. And I mean, it's just one of those things where he had all of this hype from a junior high, early high school prospect, and it just has not materialized. And I'm starting to wonder, have we seen 
the last. Have we even seen the beginning of Tate Martell? But this is pretty much the end of, of what he has. I'm, I'm sure he'll get a chance to start somewhere. And the thing about college football is I guarantee that at some point in time there's during this season, Williams, Nikosi Perry, and Tate Martell, if he stays, will play for the Hurricanes this fall. Now, some news that's not so exciting. Alabama all-world true freshman running back Trey Sanders is going to miss the entire 2019 season. This was disappointing news. Uh, Trey Sanders, six foot, 215 pounds, had a foot injury, suffered a foot injury, a serious foot injury, and they said he's out for the season now. There aren't very, you know, there aren't a lot of details surrounding what happened to him or what the foot injury actually is. But, you know, regardless of what it is, he's out for the 2019 season. And that's a really tough blow as it's been reported that he had shined early in fall camp and he was going to see time in that backfield along with Brian Robinson and Najee Harris. So if anything, this just elevates Najee Harris's stock and the workload that he can receive as well as Brian Robinson. But, you know, prayers and wishes to Trey Sanders for a speedy recovery. I'm really hoping that he can come back from this injury and be that dominant force that we expect him to be. You know, it's just one of those things where in Debbie Leagues, this is part of the strategy. And I had a conversation with some folks on Twitter about a week ago about my personal philosophy in investing high Debbie draft capital in incoming freshmen. Now, injuries can occur to anybody, whether you're freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, doesn't matter. But when you're investing, you know, first, second, third round Debbie capital in prospects who aren't even eligible for the NFL draft for two, for three, four years, potentially, it's a really tough pill to swallow. And when you have situations like this where an incoming true freshman is injured significantly and is out for the season or is dismissed from the team or whatever the case may be, that's just a lot of risk in acquiring a player, again, who is not eligible for the NFL draft for another three years. You know, my personal philosophy is I really try not to go further than two years out. That's just how I devy. Now, granted, some people don't think that's how you should do it, and that's fine. But my personal opinion is I'm trying to grab some guys that are going to come out within the next two years and try to minimize the risk that I'm taking on by drafting and rostering prospects who are not even in the NFL yet, but just another strategy for Debbie. And uh, again, prayers and wishes for Trey Sanders, his family, and a speedy recovery, really hoping that we can see that explosiveness return in the 2020 season. Now, preseason week one in the NFL is back. College football camps are in full swing, and coach speak is running rampant across the Twitter airwaves, social media, uh, you know, the TV, ESPN, Fox Sports, it's all over the place. And this is an exciting time for football lovers. I mean, you've got our fantasy rosters that we've 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 drafted these players from early in the early in the year. We've got redraft season kicking back up, college football, fantasy football. We are all excited that football is back. And it's important to temper and manage this excitement and coach speak, but we cannot ignore the things that we're reading on Twitter from beat reporters for certain teams. We cannot ignore the things that we are hearing in the media about what's going on with certain players performing well or not performing well. And we can't ignore the things that we see on the field during the NFL preseason. Yes, the Darwin Thompson runs and Preston Williams catches and David Montgomery touchdown runs, you know, against some backups at best when it comes September time for the NFL season. But here's the thing. 
there's nothing wrong with recognizing and acknowledging the traits and skills that some of these players put on film during preseason games, which really what equates to a glorified practice session for these NFL teams. You know, it's yes, there are the, these these plays and these runs are exciting. Um, and, and we should be excited about it, but we have to temper those expectations, not ignore those expectations. Should we be jumping over the moon and anointing these guys the second coming of Saquon Barkley or Juju Smith-Schuster? Absolutely not. But if these guys didn't perform well in the preseason on these televised practice sessions, then the narrative would be completely different. It would be, you know, Darwin Thompson was supposed to have all this hype, but he couldn't even do it versus the twos and threes. So we can't have it both ways when it comes to preseason football. Now, college football is a little bit different seeing as they don't have four quote-unquote games to evaluate the players and the talent that they do that they have or don't have. And, you know, players can't show up to the college football facility at 5 a.m., work out, practice, watch film with their coaches for as long as they want, like the NFL. The NFL is a job. There are rules and there are regulations on the amount of time that each team can spend with their players on on on-field work, on film sessions, in the weight room. These are rules that are applied by the NCAA, which, you know, of course it is. You know, they are all about student-athletes first. It's the student before the athlete. Yeah. All right. So the thing is, when we're hearing reports out of the college football world, they hold a little more weight than what's happening in the NFL. You know, the college coach speak to me holds a little more merit than what's happening in the NFL. Reports of JT Daniels and Jacob Eason and Justin Fields not locking up those quarterback one roles right now. Although I believe it's very unlikely that they enter the season as the backup. There is a possibility that that stuff really does happen for week one of the college football season. But, you know, in college, coaches are so quick to pull players, switch stuff around. If there's any sign of discord early, they have no problem with moving on from a player. So I say all of that to say enjoy what we're watching in preseason, be excited, be, you know, enthusiastic about traits that some of these prospects are showing. Just temper that enthusiasm, temper that excitement, and temper those expectations for the players. There's nothing wrong with it. Enjoy it, these glorified practice sessions, and you will be able to find, you know, some deep sleepers if you pay attention long and hard enough. And if you paid attention enough during the last college football season, you'll know that there are some second-year players who have absolute star potential written all over them. Now, I'm not saying sophomores. I'm using second-year players because some of these guys are redshirt freshmen and not true sophomores. And some of the names that I'm not going to talk about, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Rondell Moore, Justin Ross, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddell. These are bona fide studs who will be taken in any Debbie startup draft, especially Superflex for those quarterbacks, by round two, the end of round two at the latest. So there's really no need to talk about those guys. I really want to hit on some other, you know, under the radar or lesser discussed prospects for this second year star potential breakouts. And I'm going to start with the tight end position. The Miami Hurricanes have historically been known as tight end you. You've got players like Bubba Franks, Clive Wofford, David Njoku, Greg Olson, Chris Herndon, Jeremy Shockey, Kellen Winslow Jr., all coming out 
of the University of Miami and being drafted into the NFL. And some of these guys have enjoyed very successful careers. And, you know, David Njoku, Chris Herndon, still playing and ascending talents at their position. But they've got a guy, Brevin Jordan, Six foot three, two hundred and forty-five pound tight end. He was the number one ranked tight end according to twenty-four-seven Sports in his class. Went to high school at one of my rivals in Las Vegas, Nevada, Bishop Gorman. I played against those guys in high school. We actually beat them in the first round of a playoff game. They had a uh, top-rated linebacker, Ryan Reynolds, who played at Oklahoma, and they also their running back when I played them back in '03 was all-pro NFL running back DeMarco Murray from the Dallas Cowboys. He was a sophomore then, and I did not expect him to become an all-pro running back. He was good in high school, but not like DeMarco Murray, all-pro running back good. But Brevin Jordan went to Bishop Gorman High School, was second-team All-ACC as a true freshman. Now his statistics, 32 receptions for 278 yards and four TDs. I know that does not sound like some you know, crazy high number for a tight end. But for a true freshman to do that in a Power 5 conference while playing in one of the more difficult positions to adjust to is just a testament to his athletic prowess. I think Brevin Jordan has first-round potential, first-round talent all over him. I'm saying talent, but I believe by the time he is eligible for the draft in 2021, he will be a lock for the first round. He is a unique weapon. He is an athletic monster, and I expect him to continue to excel this year. So Brevin Jordan, a 2021 uh, second-year star potential player from the tight end position, which is so hard to scout, so hard to, so hard to predict for Debbie and Dynasty purposes. I feel confident about putting Brevin Jordan there and being really, really excited and happy to have him on my Debbie roster. Now let's look at the quarterbacks. And before I get into these three quarterbacks, I just want to let you guys know that in next week, I will have a show dedicated to the quarterbacks. I've got a fantastic guest lined up and we're going to talk super flex. So we're really going to dive deep into some of these quarterbacks. So I'm just going to hit you over the head real quick on these guys and why I believe that they are second year uh, breakout star candidates. And the first guy that I want to talk about that I'm really excited about is Adrian Martinez, quarterback, Nebraska Cornhuskers, former four-star recruit, dual threat guy, coming out of high school, verified 40 time of 4.79, which is really solid for a quarterback. Six foot two, 220 pounds. He's in Scott Frost's offense. And, you know, I am a believer in Scott Frost and his system and what he can do. And Martinez really showed that the second half of last season. He completed about 65% of his passes for 2,617 yards, 17 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. He also ran the ball for 629 yards and eight more touchdowns. But what was really, really telling, and it just showed that things clicked for this kid, was in Nebraska's last six games, he had 11 touchdown passes with only three interceptions. So those numbers, I believe, are just scratching the surface of what Adrian Martinez can do. And the Nebraska team was bad last year, so I believe with another year in Scott Frost's system, more confidence under his belt, he is going to really, really shine this year. And I would be more than excited to have this kid you know, later in Debbie's startup drafts. And I think his stock will take off, and there will be comparisons to Marcus Mariota, who also played in a Scott Frost offense at Oregon. Now, the next quarterback we want to talk about is Iowa State sophomore Brock Purdy, former three-star uh, recruit, pro-style quarterback. So he's more of a uh, a pocket passer, but he does have mobility at six foot one, two hundred and two pounds. He was not the starter uh, at the beginning of the season for the Cyclones, but he did finish as the starter. 
He completed 66% of his passes, thrown for 2,200 yards, 2,250 yards, 16 touchdowns, seven picks, added 308 yards and five touchdowns on the ground. And Iowa State had a pretty solid team last year. You know, when Brock took over, 7-2 and two finish uh, at the end of the season, they went to the Alamo Bowl. And PFF has his adjusted completion percentage uh, fifth amongst returning FBS quarterbacks. So fifth in the nation for adjusted completion percentage, which is good. He's accurate when he's got time. Um, and he had a pretty good A dot as far as when he threw the ball. Uh, 11.8 yards uh, average depth of target for Brock. I mean, and everything that I'm hearing and reading about this kid, he's got a great work ethic and he's got a chance to be really, really good. He's a little erratic, so he's got to improve his decision making. But I believe that Brock Purdy is somebody that we'll be talking about a year from now as Hey, I think in especially Superflex leagues, this kid's got some talent. He's got an opportunity at the next level. And with some of these other quarterbacks in the NFL getting a little long in the tooth, you got to start looking a little deeper than just Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. So Brock Purdy, name you need to know. And the final guy I want to touch on, Matt Corral, highly rated four-star recruit, number four ranked pocket passer in the 2018 quarterback class. He is at Ole Miss. He's got a new offensive coordinator this fall in Rich Rod, Rich Rodriguez, you know, Arizona and before that, West Virginia. I mean, work with Pat White and people like that. So they, they say that, you know, the scheme has been pretty easy for Corral to pick up on who he had that same sort of offensive scheme at Long Beach Poly in high school. Um, he's gaining that chemistry with his wide receivers. The good thing for Matt Corral is he's got two very talented running backs in Scotty Phillips and then the incoming true freshman, Jerrion Ely, who will be in the backfield with him as well to take a little bit of pressure off of him from a passing standpoint. They've just got to, they've got to replace DK Metcalf and Demarcus Lodge and AJ Brown and Dawson Knox. So I mean, it's going to be a a whole new look on that offense. But Matt Corral, very talented player uh, in the SEC. So I'm excited to see his potential in this offense this coming fall. Running back, running back, running back. We've got my guy Max Borgie. The sophomore from Washington State, 5'10", 197. Last year, he had 740 all-purpose yards, ran the ball 72 times for 366 and 8, averaged 5.1 yards per carry, and he caught 53 balls as a freshman for 374 and 4 touchdowns while splitting the backfield with James Booby Williams. It is Max Borgie's backfield this fall, and I know I talked about him on the last show, but he is somebody who has star potential, second-year star potential written all over him, and I believe that his ADP will rise. You know, I've seen him go mostly in the fourth rounds of Debbie startups, Debbie mock drafts, but I do not anticipate that ADP staying where it is for long. He's a TDT, a three-down threat, can catch the ball, can run the ball. He's got a really thick build, and any running back that has been timed at 4-3-8 and has the production profile that Borgie has had as a true freshman, I want that guy on my roster. So excited to watch him. Not so much Washington State, but Max Borgie this fall. Now, Keontae Ingram, all right? Right now, he's got a bone bruise in his knee. Don't know if he's going to be ready for the first game in the college football season this fall, but he's still a very, very talented running back. Six foot, 220 pound, four star recruit, number six ranked running back in the 2018 class. Played 13 games last year, only started two games, but he had uh, 708 rushing yards, three TDs, but was really, really good in this game. 27 receptions. Uh, I, I love the fact that this kid was used to catch the ball. He has star potential written all over him. I'm not going to say I'm concerned, 
but they've got a true freshman running back. And you guys know I love me some Jordan Whittington, who's going to play this fall and is probably going to play a lot. So if Ingram misses time, if, you know, he's he's not all the way healthy, Whittington can really, you know, I, I'm not going to say take over that role, but he can really solidify a role for himself, whether the Keontae Ingram is in or out. But right now, when you're talking about 2021 eligible running backs for the NFL draft, he's right up there with the next prospect we're going to talk about, and that is Zamir Zeus White. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, he was the number one ranked running back in the 2018 class. How is he sort of under the radar? Well, the thing is, Amir White hadn't played football in almost two years. It's been about a year and a half since he's played, you know, legitimate football. You know, towards ACL last year and then towards ACL the year before that. So he has not had a chance to really show what he can do at Georgia. But all accounts, he is back. He is healthy. He is looking good. He's got his speed, his power, his elusiveness is back. And he is a tremendously hard worker by all accounts. High character guy. Teammates love him. Coaches love him. So I'm really, really excited to see what he can do this fall. And wherever he's going in Debbie Drafts right now, by the end of the college football season, it may be a value. It may be a little bit too low. Now, am I concerned about his long-term prognosis with both of those ACL injuries? Absolutely. It's the same thing that we're talking about with Todd Gurley. But let's just take it year by year with Zamir, see how he looks this fall. They do have James Cook. They do have Heron in the backfield. And of course, they've got the man DeAndre Swift. So he is not going to lead the backfield in touches this fall. But it would be a really, really good setup for him moving forward in that season after DeAndre Swift matriculates onto the NFL. Now let's talk wide receivers, and we're going to start in Austin, Texas with Brennan Eagles. He was a high four-star recruit, number 10 ranked wide receiver in his class, six foot four, 225 pounds. Last year, he did absolutely nothing. One catch for 35 yards. So this is an upside pick, and it's really contingent on that UT offense really taking a step forward with Sam Ellinger as a Heisman Trophy candidate going into this fall and taking that step forward. They lost a little Jordan Humphrey last year, so that's a lot of production lost. And, you know, this kid, Eagles, he missed majority of his senior season in high school due to an injury, so there's a little bit of an adjustment period going into his true freshman year. But Listen to a quote from Tom Herman, the head coach on Brennan Eagles a couple of days ago. In order to get what is now our best three guys out there in the starting lineup, Brennan was in that group. We moved Duvernay to the slot. Brennan has taken the starting Z wide receiver job pretty well. That's directly from the head coach and with his size, six foot four, 225 pounds. You've got Colin Johnson on the outside at six foot five, six foot six. Malcolm Epps, six foot five, six foot six. I mean, it is like the triplet towers out there for Sam Ellinger's erratic passes that can just, he all he has to do is get it in the vicinity and this kid can go get it. He is an athletic freak. He's been timed anywhere from high 4-4 to 4-5 in the 40-yard dash. So I really believe that this is an upside pick, but somebody who could break out this fall with the loss of targets from Humphrey and the step forward and the ascension of Ellinger. Brennan Eagles is somebody we need to have our eye on as a second-year breakout candidate, as well as this man in the SEC who is an absolute monster, Auburn sophomore wide receiver Seth Williams. Now, if you are a hardcore Debbie leaguer, you know the name Seth Williams. You, you, you say the name right up there with Justin Ross and Amon Ross St. Brown, but for the casual fan, they may not know who Williams is. So let me just give you a snapshot. 
six foot three, two hundred and twenty-four pound beast. He had twenty-six receptions last year. That's it for five hundred and thirty-five yards, five hundred and thirty-four yards, and five TDs, averaging twenty point five yards per reception. Had a twenty-one percent dominator rating last year. Darius Slayton is gone. Bo Nix is stepping up. Seth Williams has an opportunity to be an absolute headache for SEC defenses this fall. He is a talented, talented kid. Body control, catch radius is through the roof, and he plays what I call bully ball. There are times where you just throw it up in the end zone, and he snatches it over a defender and just stares him down like he's his dad. Just childlike get off me. That is Seth Williams. So I'm really excited to see what he can do this fall, and you need to know the name. Now, this player of all these second-year breakout candidates we're talking about today, he is by far one of my most favorite, and that is Rashad Bateman. Six-foot-two, 210-pound, former four-star recruit, according to 24-7 Sports, Minnesota Golden Golfers. Now, when you think about Minnesota, you got a guy there named Tyler Johnson who had a 52% Dominator rating and a 43% reception share last year. 52% dominator rating, 43% reception share. So everything was going to Tyler Johnson. And Rashad Bateman is a true freshman. Do you know what he did? His dominator rating, you'd think maybe 18, maybe 20, maybe uh-uh, higher than 20, maybe 25. Nope, higher than 25. Well, what the hell did he have? 28% dominator rating. He had 51 receptions, 704 yards, and six touchdowns with Tyler Johnson being as phenomenal as he was. Bateman is a future star. And wherever you're drafting him at right now, I can assure you it is a value because this time next year, heading into the 2020 college football season, I anticipate Rashad Bateman to be a late first early second round pick in Debbie Startups. This kid has a phenomenal catch radius. He's got speed. He's got power. Right now, limited route tree, but I believe that working with one of the best route runners in college football in Tyler Johnson for another year, learning beside Tyler Johnson and, and just continuing to evolve, Bateman has future star written all over him. And anywhere that I can get him in Debbie, I'm snatching this kid up. So second year, breakout star potential, Rashad Bateman, who sort of, I mean, he already broke out as a true freshman, but I only continue to see that ascension this year uh, with Bateman. Now, the last guy I want to talk about is Justin Shorter. I just want you to listen to his physical attributes. Six foot four, 235 pound wide receivers, Consensus five-star athlete by all three recruiting sites. ESPN rivals 24-7 sports. Number one rated wide receiver in the 2018 class. Number seven overall player according to 24-7 sports. Shorter is an elite athlete. He's not some big lumbering wide receiver. He played in this wonky offense in high school, which was a wing tee. So for those of you who aren't familiar, wing tee is run, 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 and very, very little passes. So I mean, he was productive. He had 36 receptions for 522 yards and seven TDs during the senior season. And again, run, 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 ran the ball 32 times for 322 and four. But this kid, again, an elite athlete. He's been timed at 4.5240 in the uh, 4.52 seconds in the 40-yard dash, 34-inch vertical jump. 
I mean, this kid is athletic, and he actually played as a true freshman for Penn State last fall. Played in four games, didn't do very much. He was injured, and the NCAA allows you to play four games without burning a year of eligibility, so they got to slap a red shirt on him, which is good for uh, for Justin Shorter. I mean, I mean, he's still got a talented you know, high school prep profile, and essentially he plays well this year and does well as a sophomore. He can enter into the NFL draft as a redshirt sophomore, so... Yes, there are question marks surrounding the Penn State offense. You know, they lost Trace McSorley. Uh, Miles Sanders is gone, so they're definitely going to have to find somebody to get him the ball. And there are other talented players on that team. But, man, when you just look at him, just go look up how he looks this spring. And I am not – this is not a comp. But, gosh, he looks like Julio Jones. That size, you know, how tall he is, how physically imposing, and just ripped up this kid looks – so, so excited for Justin Shorter. Seems like he's a high-character guy as well. So really, really talented. Go ahead and grab him and stash him on your Debbie and Dynasty uh, rosters because he is going to be a force here in college football in the very near future. So those were just some of my you know second-year breakout candidates uh, from the wide receiver, quarterback, running back, and tight end positions. There will be guys who will emerge out of nowhere, some people who, you know, really, you know, don't live up to expectations, but these are players that I think can be obtained for very reasonable cost right now, and you can see that value increase by this time next year. So these are valuable assets to have on your Debbie rosters right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll be landing in just a few minutes. So anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I'm all about positivity. Every morning I wake up, I'm just so fortunate and blessed to put my feet on the ground, to open my eyes, to to see another day. And before I get going on Twitter, I like to just tweet out, you know, positive vibes to start the day. You never know what you can do or, or the things that you say that can impact somebody and touch somebody at that very moment in life. And one of the things I want to do to end these shows is just sort of leave a positive quote for us to sort of carry through this segment or through the next 30 minutes or through your day. And one of the things that I saw, which is very applicable to this fantasy football industry, is a quote from Mark Cuban. It says, it's not about money or connections. It's the willingness to outwork and outlearn everyone when it comes to your business. And I find that so applicable to what we do as podcasters in this fantasy football community because I didn't know anybody in this business. I had to learn and figure out how to edit software. I had to invest in myself. I had to figure out how to, you know, write compelling dynasty articles that would be applicable to the masses. I had to work and learn. And I feel like I do that better than anybody else. Now, whether that's true or not, I very well may be wrong when it comes to that, but that's how I perceive what I do and how I believe in what I'm doing. And you should too. If this is something that you want to do, if you're listening to this show and saying, damn it, I can do a Debbie podcast. I can can do it better than Ray. Then do it. Go for it. Learn how to do it. Outwork me. Outwork your opponent. But I'm telling you right now, I'm hustling with one eye open all the time. I'm always thinking about ways to improve and get better and put out quality content for you guys, whether that's through video threads, through this podcast, or through my writing on DLF. So this is just something I want everybody to kind of take with them. It's your willingness to outwork and outlearn everyone. And don't get caught up in the contrarian people on Twitter. There are some people on there who just want to get a rise out of you. And for me... 
It's just not worth my time and energy. It's not worth my mental peace to allow them to affect me because the reality is, I'm just telling you right now, don't let all this stuff get it twisted. I, hey, I'm not with the I'm telling you right now, but I'm all about positivity and that's what this is about and that's the message that I want to convey. Convey. So if you're out there and you want to do a Debbie podcast, if you want to do a Dynasty podcast, if you want to write, you need to learn it. You need to outwork the next man because there are so many people out there doing the same exact thing that everyone is trying to do. You've got to figure out a way to distinguish yourself and it's not a daily thing. I mean, it, it it's constantly evolving. So Hopefully that quote sticks with somebody that's listening to this show. I appreciate you guys. And the way that I show my appreciation is every month I'm giving away a jersey. And this month it is LaDainian Tomlinson, LT, the thousand thousand man himself, Hall of Fame, the goat of running backs, giving that jersey away. DM Destination Debbie for details on how to get entered into that contest. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the show, rate, leave it a five-star review. I really Really appreciate each ear that I have on this show. It means a ton to me. Hey, I hope you guys have a blessed week. Enjoy it. Be great. Hashtag DDP. I'll holler at y'all next week.